Pulp MX Network production. Thanks for all the support, Pulp MX fans. The Pulp MX app is now available for both iPhone and Android-based phones. For all your moto needs, shop at btosports.com and use the current discount code PULPMX. And don't forget to click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com when purchasing anything from Amazon. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOSports.com and ThorMX. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Thor MX. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This is the Lake Elsinore wrap-up, and thanks to BTOsports.com and Thor Racing, Thor MX, uh, for coming on board with us. We appreciate it. Support the sponsors that support this podcast, and we'll keep doing them, and it won't be like Unadilla where we effed everybody out of one. Um, Lake Elsinore wrap-up. I'm your host, Steve Mathis. With me uh, in studio. Not on the phone. He's here, live in studio. Uh, former top privateer of the year, two-time Montreal Supercross winner, two-time German Supercross winner, now a uh, fly race where a high executive uh, at Western Power Sports, Jason Thomas. Hello. And uh, on the line, still in California, getting ready for his much-anticipated, much-talked-about uh, MX Sports Outdoor Award Banquet is uh, Jason Wygant. Yeah. How's the banquet prep? Uh, non-existent. Yeah. Um, yes. I, uh, a press release came out a couple weeks ago that said I'm hosting it, and that's all I know. No one has said one word to you? No. Right before we did this podcast, as you guys know, I did get a call from Carrie Coombs. Said we'd like to see you over there at 1 o'clock. So now I know that. <laughs> I know what time I need to be there. Right. I don't know anything more about what I'm doing, saying what's happening. Uh, I do know that I'll be told no jokes. Yeah, no, um, no jokes. But I, yeah. but I have a couple ways to circumnavigate that nice nice yeah yeah well what what and that's just something in my idea that but the mx force people realized a couple of years ago was ironically enough everyone says you know the industry says we don't like jokes we don't like being made fun of we don't like it but if mx sports makes fun of themselves and things they did during the year that were bad right it's laughter everyone thinks it's awesome yeah, everyone, yeah everyone's awesome right 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 yeah right. yeah 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 so i plan on making fun of you know they tour these track markers and stuff, and they'll think it's the greatest thing ever. Could you somehow get maybe Jen Kenyon and Dave Osterman up on stage to re- <laughs> to have a little, you know, skit, <laughs> a little skit or a little, you know, a little reenactment? Reenactment. <laughs> yeah. be- I know, like, top ten people don't do those things. Right, right, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, JT, uh, welcome to the Lions Den. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Never been here before. No, yeah. In studio. Yeah. Not far from the Ross Rollerwall Peterson jersey. Uh, that is that's correct. That's your... Adam Cincerillo, there's some new additions in here. Yeah, 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 we pumped it up. Yeah. Hey, pull your mic closer. I always got to tell you this. I just asked you before we started. Okay, all right. Still probably more. You're, you're like bend you're it. an idiot. Okay, all right. Um, all right, Lake Elsinore has uh, come and gone. The series is over. That's a wrap. And I think I can speak for everybody that goes every week. Thank God, right? I mean, it's fun, Weege. We have great jobs. It's awesome. Um. I went to every race but one this year. Skipped a Supercross. I don't remember which one. Indy. Skipped Indy. Um, but it, it's a grind. It, it's it's nice to be done. Well, the 
both titles being wrapped up, I think, um, suddenly in, injected a lot of overtness into everyone. Yeah, I, I was definitely not looking forward to this race. I got to say, I got to be honest. And not nothing to do with the race, the track. Well, I knew it was going to be hot and crappy um, outside. No, that doesn't help. It was something to do with the track, I'd say. What's that? It was something to do with the track. I'd say the track played a part. Yeah, 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 maybe. Yeah, maybe a little a little bit. Um, but um, I, I wasn't anticipating this race very much, JT. You? Uh, I don't know if I was anticipating it or not because I knew it was going to happen. But uh, I wasn't looking forward to it. I'd say that. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Um, <laughs> it just, uh, it, yeah, it's it's tough to 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 get excited, like you said. Well, the the, the um, there was two things. There was a battle for sixth in the four fifties, and there was oh. the uh, motorcycle superstore whole shot award. So, oh, yeah, which James Stewart ended up winning the whole shot award by by not even competing. And Villapoto told me that he was really going for it, like he knew he had to get both whole shots to get that twenty five k. But Stewie sat on the couch, collected 25K for the whole shots. Did you see that Stu threw out the thank you, Justin Brayton? No. Tweet? No, I did not. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, we even played it. We even put it up on the TV show. Like, as soon as Brayton got that second motor whole shot and that clinched for Stewart, he sent out thank you, no, Justin no Brayton on Twitter. How oh, good is that? Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, and then in the press conference, I asked Barsha, were you going for it? And he's like, oh, absolutely, I was going for it. And he, But then... As always, no love lost between Barsha and anyone. Barsha just throws out, yeah, so I guess Stu makes $25,000 for not even racing for no reason. Just decided not to race. Oh, like not even acknowledging he's injured or anything, right? No, he just chose not yeah, to race. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, it, and of course the battle for sixth, which I tried to get Jake Weimer and Andrew Short excited about it. Weed, you were there. Um, oh, it was great. Neither one cared. Nope, not at all. They were in staging, parked next to each other. You're screaming at them to get fired up about the battle for six. And I walk up and I'm like, do either of you two riders actually care? No. No. Not no, at all. They did not care. No. Well, Weimer yep. held on to it, JT. Uh, yes, he did. He rode well, actually. Yeah, Weimer, Weimer rode good. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get to the track. JT, you, you, your feelings on Lake Elsinore are well documented uh, from last year. Was it better? Uh... I'm going to say... Was it still bombed out Baghdad? Man, it was definitely uh, CNN-worthy at times. The The second moto of the Whites class looked pretty bad, or the 250 class looked pretty bad. Uh, I thought it looked... Some parts looked decent during the second 450 moto, but that place is just not a great track. It's just not. It was better, though. The starting line was prep, like you know, yeah. this up and want. I mean, I thought they did a better job. I think, I think, I mean, they did everything they could. Yeah, I think they're working. You know, they're trying to polish a turd at that track. It's just not a great place to have a national, in my opinion. And like the truck course again was by far the worst section of the track. Yeah, yeah. which was the same as last year, and I really was hoping that wouldn't be part of the course this year. Um, but yeah, I, I would, I'll agree it was better, but I don't think it was really good either. I didn't like the track design last week, Mark Peters. I felt like he just put too many jumps in it. But I, this week, I thought it was better. It was more. There was still some big stuff. But, I like some yeah. of the changes they made in the track design this year. Um, some of the rollers they had was better, were better. Uh, it's just when you're dealing with that track, you go from complete 
mud in the first practice sessions. It was just mud. Yeah. All mud. To somewhat decent for a small, very small window of time during the second practice, kind of. And then to complete dust. Second set of practice. Yes. Yeah, second set And of then practice. the complete rock hard dust bomb shelter. Not good. What do you think, Weege? Yeah, it is the irony of Southern California that it is the mecca and the heart of motocross and all that. But, uh, I mean, I guess Palo is okay. Uh, now every record out of nostalgia is pining for Glen Helen. But when Glen Helen was on the schedule, you always heard people crap-talking it. You know what I mean? And this one, I think, is the worst of the three. So it is bizarre that the hardest place, really, to find a track that everyone really likes is yeah. in the place that's supposed to have the best stuff. Um, no, it, I mean, it, it would be ridiculous for me to say this was good or this was awesome. It's the best they could do with a dry, literally a dry lake bed, but uh, it's still in great, that's for sure. Uh, JT, um, you raced Glen Helen and Lake Elsinore. Now, Glen Helen has the hills, which is an awesome side and is pretty cool, but the, the how much different are the surfaces? Then Glen, Glen Helen and Elsinore, yeah. much different. Completely different. Completely different. Yes. You yes. don't think they water the crap out of Glen Helen and it gets all shitty? And uh, They're completely different. Yes. Glen Helen is a, has a much sandier base to it. Um, there's loose dirt. Elsinore, any loose dirt was brought in. Right. Glen Helen is mostly working with the surface they have. And it's – I'm not a huge fan of Glen Helen. I think yeah. a lot of the hills are dangerous. <clears throat> Generally not a large fan of that track, but when you're talking surface to surface, it's no comparison. All right. Um, well, um, let's get into the races. I guess the, the biggest surprise was um, we Josh Grant um, missed last race. He whole shot um, the moto, fastest qualifier. Did he, yeah, he whole shot the first moto, and he led for a good 10 minutes, but uh, – Eventually, he ended up third, which is a great ride. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the third. But then he couldn't answer the bell for the second moto, and uh, that's a shame. Yeah, he got an IV um, between motos, and that's a no-no. Um, props to J-Bone for sending me the text so he could say it on TV. But uh, he's like, Josh just got an IV, so he can't ride second moto. And I texted back, you know you're supposed to do that inside the rig where no one can see it, right? <laughs> but he didn't, he didn't respond yeah. uh, to that text. Um, but, hey, that's what Josh Grant does. I'd say maybe this is a little bit higher than, than we expect him to be nowadays. I mean, he held up Dungy for a while yeah. and even fought off Filippoto for a bit. Maybe this is a little bit above where we think his level is at the moment, yeah. but uh, that's probably Josh Grant's deal. You know, in any one moto, any one lap, any one day, he can do it. Well, this is what I was asking JT last night. We were talking about this last night on the drive home while we were listening to Van Halen, by the way. And uh, oh. um, does Weesh, do you think, like, yeah, he got a third. But he was so dehydrated, he needed an IV for the second moto. So is that a is his day good or bad? Like, how do you look at it? Um, I think it's uh, the way this sport works. I think that's good. I think it is. <laughs> okay. I mean, we've we've discussed this a lot um, lately. Uh, uh, whole shot and leading laps and getting third is gets you more respect or press or attention than a pair of seventh seventh place finishes does it just does mm -hmm. you know yeah. and honestly uh i would say a third and leading some laps and missing the last race previous race and missing the final moto a third is still better than four sevenths in all those <laughs> motos. you'll still take that 
You'll I think people yeah. would. It's just the way it works. <laughs> right. And that's why Josh Grant always has arrived. JT, you agree with that? Yeah, it's the conversation we had. You right. know, the why does Josh Grant get paid a lot of money and Phil Nicoletti doesn't? Phil Nicoletti is not capable of doing what Josh Grant did in the first moto. Right. In my opinion. Not many are. Exactly. Right, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and you're always going to find people that, oh, I can, I can change him. I can mold him. I can turn him into what I want. He can yeah. do that every moto. And it's never going to happen. It's just not. But uh, still, the talent level and the ability for that one off, you know, race where they get on the podium and lead a bunch of laps is it's valuable. Um, all right. JT, uh, talk about Villapoto a little bit. We were. Uh, Ryan Villapoto, he was born in uh, Polsbo, Washington. Mm hmm. Has an aversion to hunting, fishing, a lot of outdoor sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, Weaponry. Yes, Kawasaki. Uh, I don't know if he's ever ridden anything but a Kawasaki. Um, no. Talk about what you were talking about. Oh. Just how impressed you are with him. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, – man, the guy is uh, – I'm not easily impressed just because I've been in this sport my whole life since I was a little kid. And uh, so it's it's kind of hard to impress me on a level to where I'm I'm just kind of like blown away. But – this guy's doing it. Um, you watch him and you see what he's doing to Ryan Dungey. Uh, and then you see what Ryan Dungey's doing to everyone else. And you're just like, how is anyone supposed to beat this guy? He doesn't even look like he's really trying, to be honest with you, because there are no mistakes. Mm-hmm. There are There's no sense of urgency in anything he's doing. And it's like, okay, yep, uh, started here, going to pass this guy, got him. Okay, well, I'll turn it up a little bit just so I can get away and then I'll cruise and get, you know finish it's, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous honestly how much better he is than these guys right now and like you said like you don't see i mean he's he's going so fast but you don't see him uh uh making a lot of like sketchy mistakes or no that's know? that's like, the whole thing should, is, he looks so smooth right we were kind of debating this is um we don't know how much more he has how if if there was someone say you know we always talk about ricky harmack or someone that was quote unquote better than him or could give him a lot of competition right now, how much more does he have to give? Because I don't think that he, he would have any problem going as fast as he can possibly go for 35 minutes twice. I don't. I think he could go everything he's got at this point of his fitness level. So if he had to do that, how far would he beat these guys by? <laughs> I mean, I think it would be scary. He's on his game, Weege. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's pretty ridiculous. And I think maybe you see it. Like the first half a lap, if he starts like say fourth, you'll see him make some passes just unbelievably quickly. Like whatever the next corner is, whatever line he's in, he's just going to pass the guy anyway. Um, and that's like maybe the only part where you do see any of that sense of urgency. And then yeah, from there he's just controlling it. You got to figure it's like he could probably go five or ten percent faster if he needed to, because he's it's like he's not even at his uh, right his edge. It's um, feeling the flow, no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah, no, you, you're right about that. Um, yeah. The Dungy, again, 2-2, two, two, solid rods, um, faster than everybody else, but same old, same old lately for him. He's got nothing for Villapoto, but he's got he's got everything for the rest of the field. Yes. Uh, thank you for that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Weimer, Rattray, and Alessi all impressed me in different ways. Uh, Alessi's second moto ride from 13th to 5th was great. Weimer's both motos were pretty good, but his second moto was really good as he came from the back. And Rattray, his first moto was great until he twisted an ankle and he had to drop back. But 
Rattray uh, is going back to Europe next year. He told me after the race, and it's done deal. He's going back to ride Huskies. Well, KTM's with Husky Plastic anyways um, for Kimi Raikkonen's team. But uh, first, let's talk about Rattray. JT, uh, he deserved better these last four motos. Uh, I don't know if he – well, he, well, he's, he had a good day yesterday. No, but he was fourth, first right. moto. Then he finished seventh. Okay. Second what moto. What happened there? He's twisted his ankle. Oh, okay. Again, you're on your phone. No. So you're not paying attention. I, I was thinking about – So, yeah. last moto – I was thinking week, about Kimi Raikkonen because I didn't know that. But. Last week, he goes four in the first moto. Then uh, probably going to get four again. Yep. Broke. Moto broke. Yeah. And, and, and at Elsinore, uh, probably would have got fourth in the first moto. And maybe back that up again, but an ankle. So he was fast. But last two weekends of his career in the United States, he was fast. He was. And I, I really felt like he – I don't know if he was going to beat Weimer the, the one moto, but – First moto. Yeah. Weimer was on it. Um, but the rest of them, yeah. Yeah. I, it was kind of a coming out party, honestly, because he's been struggling since Mount Morris. Yeah. Really. Is it just that surface? That kind of surface? Why is good at? And you would never think that. No, you wouldn't. I don't. It's really hard for me to just say, oh, yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, that kind of track. Because right. that's completely the opposite of what we've ever known out of Tyler. Uh, I think it was maybe conditions were a big part of it. The heat um, mm-hmm. helped him. He, he's one of the stronger guys in the field, I think. But, yeah, you never really can attribute it to one thing or another. These guys are, man, racers are so fickle. It can be one thing like, oh, he signed his deal, pressure's off, just yeah. go ride his dirt bike now. You never really know, but there was obviously a huge difference in what we've seen uh, throughout the season and what we've seen the last two weekends. We, we haven't watched a TV show yet. We're going to do that here in a little bit. Uh, perhaps a couple of buddies will share some breakfast burritos and watch the TV show, and we'll watch it with you and Fro. It'll be like we're all there together. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, did you guys talk about Michael Lessie in the second moto? Did you focus on that at all? Yeah, yeah, we did. Okay. Uh, it, uh, for Alessi, uh, um, no, not uh, not a ton because there were so many. That's probably what maybe four through ten group. Yeah, it was like a, it was almost like a NASCAR race. Like they all had their moment. We were like, okay, here's right now. Rattray is the guy, and uh, maybe the fastest crew. Oh no, Wade Swarmer. Oh no, look, it's Alessi that's going good. But uh, yeah. like each one had their like five minute stint in that moto. What um, where they were doing well. He he rode he rode well. But what was he doing after the race, Weege? What what you well a couple things. Let me go back to the beginning of the day. I don't know if you guys saw that. Just for old times' sake, uh, Alexi and Grant crashed into each other yeah. in practice. Did, did you guys see that? Did see that? Yes. First first yeah. corner or second corner or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wait, that was that when you were one of the seven different announcers. Were you announcing yep. at that time? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you were announcing. It literally reminded me of. Um, there's a scene in uh, the Naked Gun movie where they go to the TV announcing booth for the baseball game, and they just keep going down the line, and there's literally, like, they have, like, 21 announcers just for comedy's sake. <laughs> I don't remember Naked Gun movies, but, yeah, okay. Oh, man, it's good. They just keep, they're like, and I'm joined today by, and they just keep going down, like, every baseball announcer ever. They like, the game. And yeah, I, I don't know. They how just, many announcers did you have? No, there wasn't that many. There was, uh, there was only four. Langston and Robbie Floyd, and, um, Robbie Floyd out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, not at a race all year. I don't think they do a national. Well, oh, sorry, Langston kind of ran a team last year, but like, right? Like, wh- where did that come from? I don't know. You tell me. Yeah, I said to Robbie Floyd, "I'm like, what, have you ever done one of these?" He said, "I announced the Quad National in 1991." <laughs> I'm like, okay. 
Uh, but I mean, Robbie Boyd's legit. He's done Olympic. He's in television in the Olympics. You know what I mean? It's right. not like he's not legit. But it was just so random. Yeah, yeah. And then you, hey, congratulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was assured last week that if I were to help out, it would be greatly appreciated. But there'd be no pay. There'd be no pay. <laughs> that was that was stress to me. Um, you know, we'd love to have you. You're really good at it. Thank you for your help. There's no pay. No pay. You know, so it, it was kind of like the Karate Kid where he kept yelling, "No, uh, no." Um, who who kept yelling, "No pain." Oh, Clubber Lang. Yeah, Clubber no, Lang. No, 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 no. Rocky, Rocky's trainer. That used to be Apollo's trainer. Oh, yes, Rock. Yeah, yes. Yeah. That was no pain. Up. No pain. No pain. No pain. No pain. No pain. It was stress to me, but anyways, I had a good time doing it. But yeah, so Leslie ran into Grant. Yeah, so that was awesome. Yeah, and then the best part was that. Uh, so then the bikes are locked up. Alessi can't get them apart, so Grant does pull them apart and then drops Alessi's bike again, <laughs> gets it off of his, and then drops it on the ground. While Mike is somehow hurt, it almost looked like a flop, like in soccer or the NBA. Like yeah. Mike was trying to make more of it. And then, even more bizarrely, yeah, after the race, 250 second moto, Mike is down there handing out water to riders and pouring water on riders and giving riders things to drink. <laughs> Mike Alessi. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Right. And right. I'm like, Michael S. He's man-friending right now. And then because of Blake Baggett, which I guess I'm sure we'll get to, was penalized, it took forever for them to get the podium straight and who finished where and things like that. Okay, yeah. So the podium seriously was going like a half hour after the moto. Okay. And it's end of the year, 100 degrees. Nobody wants no to. One no one crap. No one cares, right. No one cares. And there's and actually, Michael Essie. And actually, we, i got to tell you, before I interrupt you, JT uh, was in a separate vehicle, and he was coming. He was in his car, probably as the checkers fly with his air conditioning on, texting me going, let's go, let's go, let's go. That is incorrect. <laughs> it wasn't very much longer after the race. No, I think you're, I did come in. I think, I, Mathis, I think, I, I think you're correct. The texts were coming in early. The, the, let's go. Let's blow this place. Let's go. They I want to go. <laughs> Because I was the only, one of the only people left. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so the okay, so the podium's going on forever, and right. there's Michael Essie still over there hanging out, pouring water on guys. See, anybody need water? Any, anyone need anything? Anyone need water? Yeah, yeah. And then when that was over, he goes over to the start and is just looking at the start gate. And uh, then I walk by, and then in kind of that awkward Michael Essie thing, he's like, "Hey, man, how was your day?" Like, <laughs> I should talk to him. He's part of the media. This would be good for me. Um, yeah. so I talked to him for a little bit and I'm like, what are you doing here? He's like, just trying to figure out where my starts went, man. Just trying to figure out where my starts went. I only have one day where I got whole chefs this year. I don't understand. I, I just didn't want it enough. I put money in the line and I didn't want it enough. Oh, geez. And then, and then I walk over to the press tent. 10 minutes later, he finds me again and says, Hey, we look what I found. He had found a golf ball like behind one of the starting gates. <laughs> and he wanted to show that to me. <laughs> Do you think the heat got to him? <laughs> do, you think, do you think we should have? Someone should have checked him over. <laughs> I don't know. I don't get it. He came into the press tent. He like thanked everyone in there, anyone he could find. Like I don't know what was going on. I find, found uh, a golf ball. Helped riders out. Helped riders get water. Yeah. I mean, there was probably a hot tub with his name on it, and I don't know why he wasn't going over there. Maybe he was hiding from the hot tub guy. It looked like he was hiding from something. Like he <laughs> was not going to go to the pitch. You know, I'm going to do everything I can to hang out on this track as long as I can. It was strange. Hey, look, a golf ball. Um, 
<laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> believe that belongs to Mr. Gilmore. <laughs> uh, Barsha, 5'3", uh, first moto. I I said, what happened? He's like, I don't know, man. I just I fought my bike the whole time. They made a shock change in between motos. Um, Canard, Canard, I felt, he fell in the first moto. He stalled it, stalled his bike. So he couldn't, you know, either one of those guys could have got third, Barsha or Canard, I felt like anyways. JT? Uh, I mean, it was yeah, like a Yeah, it was, it was like a, Right, yeah. like whatever. They were all pretty close, man, honestly. Um, it seemed like, and JT, maybe you can ask, you can tell me why. I was up in the announcer's tower, so I had access to the TV feed. I had access to my eyes, and then I had access to uh, the lap times. Okay. It seemed like, like guys would drop their time. Guys would lose th- two to three seconds a lap and then go right back to where they were. Another guy would lose four seconds. Like there was – when they they were making big mistakes and losing a lot of time. Why was that? Like the lap times – like one lap you'd be like, oh, my God. What's wrong with this dude? Because he'd do a four-second slower lap time. Yeah. And think, then quick, boom, he'd be right back to his next time. I think the track was pretty sketchy. And then also on the truck course, there were some double rhythm sections that were crazy ruddy. And mm-hmm. uh, if you messed one up, you lost you couldn't huge double, amounts right? of time. Okay. Yeah. So I just think the track was uh, really treacherous. And little mistakes turned into big mistakes. And then guys didn't want to crash. So they just back out of stuff. Yeah. I think there's always that kind of uh feeling at the last race of the year where if you're like ah you get sketchy and then you just ah just back out like right. you don't want to ruin yourself at the last race of the year when there's really nothing on the line for most of these guys. Did you notice that Weege the lap times? It was like crazy. I, I was really Yeah, well that's what I was saying about that um that second four fifty moto. Like, right. Again everybody had their good moment, bad moment. Yeah yeah. Uh yeah. and then the two fifties, especially our man Zachy Poo, the last couple of motos. He was like, a yo yo. Guy was a yo yo I don't He'll be like third, seventh, fourth, sixth, eighth <laughs> in one race. Yeah. How does he do that? I don't know. I told him that last night. He, he texted me, and, and we were talking. I said, dude, you were a yo-yo yesterday. And, he, and let me see what he said back. Hold on. Um, I agree, though. Yeah, it was very bizarre. And, and so, JT, that makes sense. That, yeah, just guys just uh, we're making we're, we're just backing out of sections and making big mistakes. Yeah, it's just hard. I mean, honestly, the track was – Yeah scary a little bit i'm sure i know last year i, I felt that way um and oh, most of these guys their deals are done or they kind of know what they're doing and there's just not a lot to yeah risk for right. you know so um yeah osborne said yeah i was i had a rough time in the middle of the race <laughs> yeah <he did. laughs> now that's putting it lightly um uh what else brett metcalf showed up went 10-8 uh, was up front in both motos, so he kind of went backwards, and I don't really know what happened if he fell or whatever. Um, Andrew Short, he Andrew Short had a rough second moto, JT. He did. Um, the heat got to him. Yeah, he just said he got overheated. Yeah, he went backwards, man. Yeah, uh, he said even before halfway, he was just too yeah. hot. Bogle needed an IV after the race. I'm sure a lot of guys did. It was hot. Yeah, legitimately. Yeah, it, it was hot. Uh, so yeah, you you know. It, and we were kind of going back and forth on this and, you know, guys not training and blah, blah, blah. And it, I don't definitely don't think that's the case with Andrew Short. But Heat's one of those things where it just kind of sneaks up on you and there's you can be in the best shape possible and you really don't know yeah, like why the, sometimes. The tweets I'm getting about Josh Grant not being in shape and that's pathetic and he's a factory rider, that's not that's – not. It could or couldn't be, you know. Yeah. The, I'm not going to debate whether – The jo- fact that I he couldn't Josh start second moto wasn't – that's not a factor in your mind. Well, yeah. I think there are ways to 
uh, acclimate yourself to heat, but just because someone overheated in a particular moto, I don't think is a great representation of their physical fitness. Because I I felt like in 05 and 06, I was in the best shape I've ever been in. And Southwick 05, I overheated. And I still raced the second moto, but I was dizzy, couldn't see straight. Frank, Frank made you? No, I just, you know, recovered and I felt okay. Right. Millville 03, I overheated, got dizzy, but I was in I was in shape. I trained in Florida all the time. We you know what I mean? I was right. never got tired in races, but I still overheated. So uh Brett Metcalf in Texas that year, one of the hardest trainers out there. Period. Overheated. Tomac, Tomac, Tomac Freestone, same thing. I just don't think it's a great indicator of if you're in shape or not. All right. Um Brock Tickle went eleven eleven, which is appropriate for his year. That's a nice way to end that. Uh, seven times he got 11th this year. Wow. Out of, out of, uh, hey, at um, at um, <clears throat> Miller uh, on Friday, I was interviewing Brock Tickle, and then our buddy Kenny comes over. Yep. And uh, Tickle, I think at that point, was eighth in points or something like that. And he's like, hey, Brock, you need to go back and listen to the podcast at the beginning of the year where we'd said you wouldn't even be top 10. <laughs> Archives don't lie, bro. <laughs> and, and Kenny's point is he's eighth in points. But I almost feel like our point is valid. Our point is this field is so deep that there will be a lot of the time where Brock Pickle can't even finish in the top 10. And I feel like he finished 11th a lot. I mean, you could you probably have it in front of you. You can even look at the point. I just said it he, I, seven times. Yes, there you go. Seven times he was 11th, right. which is just like that's pretty much exactly right. where he fits in, right on the cusp of the top 10. Yep. Yep. Who knew I mean, that, who, he's eighth who, in points, sure. Who knew that Kenny followed podcasts? Yeah, yeah, that was. <laughs> I think about it. And that is the field. Man. He was a radio co-host at one point. So, and you're already on the, you're on the edge with Tickle. Like, that didn't help. No, we, we, that was a one-day deal. We, we just passed it all up in that one day. Okay, all right, good, good. I good. have to say, I learned lessons from you. Like, Tickle was mad at me for one day, and then at the next race, I went up to the hauler, and we just hashed it out. And usually, whenever you can... Get to a guy face to face. Yeah, because all right, it's the behind your back stuff that gets spirals out of control. Yeah, absolutely. It's and also yeah. it's it's the he. Hey, did you read what this guy said or or hear what this guy said? And then they usually have their facts wrong or whatever. Like you know, right, like, right, right. It's, if it's just the two of you, he read it, I wrote it, we yeah, talked it out. Right. It usually is okay. Yeah. Um, Weston Pike, JT, uh, bike problems in the first moto. He was uh, I think it was about tenth, ninth or tenth. Uh, yeah, he I think nah, he was only fourteenth. Oh. was the best he got up to. Uh, but, yeah, he had some detonation problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was behind a big pack. There was Brayton, uh, Weimer. There was a big pack of guys that he was – if he wasn't catching him, he was definitely staying the same. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, apparently, you know, the heat does a lot of things to motorcycles. You start running high compression, and they don't like that. So uh, he basically – I think it was either going to blow up or, you know, he, I think he was scared yeah. to ruin his motor, so he pulled off. Second moto, seventh was good. Yeah, he rode well second moto. Um, pa- actually passed. He was 11th or 12th at the furthest back I saw him. Uh, but he was even further back than that at the beginning, but kind of at the end of the first lap, and then mm-hmm. he passed through Brayton and all those guys. Um, how much did you did you facepalm yourself when Wesson's social media rant was going around? Yes, our friend John Knowles found this quite amusing. Uh, this is the kind of stuff, though, like, I guess Weston went on Instagram or went on Jimmy Dakota's Instagram. Yeah, un- unconfirmed which it was, but we, 
There was definitely comments made by Wes and Pike about how he was unhappy with the purse and blah, blah, blah. It was a joke. He lost money. Yeah, and I I really don't blame him. I I honestly don't blame him, but I just don't think that social media is the best place for this. (laughs) Right. Perhaps finding someone from MX Sports and expressing this would be better. Perhaps. Not that that would help. Not that it would change anything. No, I don't think it's going to do any good. (laughs) No, but but you know what I mean? If you you do feel strongly like you need to get something off your chest. Correct. Off your barrel chest. Then – Go and find someone. What is a barrel chest? That's what Wesson's got. He's a big dude. He's a barrel I don't know chest. What that means. You don't know what a barrel chest is? It's Weech. Barrel chest? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Shaped like a barrel. Right. Barrel yeah. chest, gotcha. bro. Okay. Like, like uh, Donkey Kong. No, nothing like Donkey Kong. Okay. Uh, that's just barrels thrown by a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, feel like, I feel like you don't see barrels anymore. Like, there's not a lot of guys going. You don't go to wineries very much. Are they still kept in barrels? Oh, yeah. Like, real barrels? Absolutely. Whiskey also. Um, I don't feel like I've seen enough guys go over to Niagara Falls anymore. You've been to Lynchburg in barrels. Niagara, Falls. yeah, that's a that's a dying art. Yeah, you don't see barrels pun. anymore. Pardon the pun. Yeah, you don't see barrels anymore, Weege. Yeah, I think it's um, once they invented the roll on the roller bags, really hurt the barrel industry. Yeah, and and once it's that not dog, a good way to carry stuff. Anymore. Steam engine. And once that once that gorilla threw them all down the ladders yeah. and stuff, that was it. Um, Stupid Donkey Kong. You gotta help Weston with this stuff, JT. This is your job. I'm trying. He's what, fly what, racing. What do you want me to do? I, I mean, take his phones away, change his passwords where he can't log in. Yeah, do something where, like, hey, Weston, if you have something, that's, if you want to use your phone, ask me. Yeah, that that'll go over well. <laughs> Did you see it, Weege? Uh, only after you guys were already having a laugh and and, and pointed it out. Right. Um, but I think you need to explain here to listeners because I I think most listeners are going to say, "What the hell is wrong with that? Privateers get screwed." Why does he have to keep his mouth shut? Like, what kind of dictatorship is this? Um, it's, it's not just that, right? You're talking about the greater, this is what Weston Pike does well, in general, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, no, for sure. Yeah. I mean, he has a point. The purse yeah. money isn't yeah, very yeah. good, or it's not yeah. where it needs to be. There is no series-ending money um, yep. for these guys, and that would be a nice place to start. There was some money pumped into the purse uh, a couple years ago, but it's spread over over uh, 80 guys, so it's it's tough, you know? But just stuff like that, like, you know, he's getting a lot of positive and great press for going 5-5 for fourth. And it's kind of like, wah, wah, wah. He puts his own dampener on it. You know what I mean? I don't know. No? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, it's, it's a cumulative effect of uh, sponsors, people. Right. You ask why they don't want to sponsor him, and you kind of get a consistent answer that I've talked to from teams and team managers. Uh, and it's along this same line of negativity. Basically, that's that's really the answer is negativity. He feeds off negativity. Well, he's it, like they don't want to hear negative answers in interviews. They don't want to hear negative answers on yeah. social media. But, they don't want to hear why this is bad, why this sucks, what's if wrong. If Weston rode for a team, and he posted what he did, someone from MX Sports or Feld or whatever he's bitching about would come to the manager, probably right. Right. I think so. Right, and then now the manager's like, oh, I got to deal with this. Right. They they wouldn't come there and say, hey, shut up. They would be like, what are you doing, dude? Like, Yeah, well. C- c- come to us. Come talk to yeah, us. Yeah, and it's just along that line of negativity. Yeah, yeah. People are tired of hearing complaints, really. That's what it comes out to. They don't want to hear that anymore. They want to hear, this is, these are the people that are helping me. This is why I'm doing good. This yeah. is what I want to do to do better. To feed in the future, that, yeah, yeah. They just don't yeah. want that attitude side anymore. And I understand it. 
But at the same time, I I know how upset and disgruntled Weston is at the same time. So I think it's a battle for him of like his overwhelming feeling is he's pissed off. You know, he really is. So <laughs> very angry for for me or anyone else to tell him, hey, man, you, you just got to swallow all that and deal with it. And I know as well as you do, I know what all the, you know, perceived issues that we have in this sport are and, and the injustices and all that stuff. But you're not doing yourself any favors by just continuing to air this stuff yeah, yeah. so um you know it, it comes down to do you want to be railing on the side of what you think is right or correct or how to improve or do you want to suck it up try to make things better on the inside where you actually may be able to affect things and possibly you know reap mm-hmm. the benefits of that yeah uh Weege, you got to the bottom with mookie about the Barsha takeout? Oh, it was awesome. It was awesome. Um, yeah, I go up to the Troy Lee truck, and Mookie's up there with Nelson and Seeley. They're all getting their gear on to go to practice. And I'm like, hey, dude, I'm just going to assume that Barsha did something new to cause that. Like, dudes just don't run people off the track that blatantly. Yeah. Or did you make a mistake? And he's like, oh, no, he tried to take me out twice that lap. He cut me off on the face of the jump after, before the, after the mechanics area, which was a gigantic jump mm-hmm. and then he said he did it again you know they he took him out Mookie took him out going down that hill across yeah. the start yeah he said going up at Barsha in the corner leading to that uphill he tried to take him out again and the best part was you could see Seely and Nelson in the back like representing the collective feeling of the paddock like the level of respect they had for Mookie for taking it to Barsha it's like <laughs> Every rider at some point has been dirtied by Barsha. And they were so pumped that there was some frontier justice. <laughs> and by no coincidence, by a rider who just should be probably playing in the NFL um, with his running back build. Like, if there's anyone that can dish it out, right. uh, besides maybe Pike. Uh, so, so uh, at that point, Tyler Keith comes in, the team manager, and he's trying to, like, squelch this because these are – Team managers usually aren't pumped on riders taking each other out. Right. right normally, right. but the well, game like the riders play. Hey, especially let, like where does Troy Lee get their bikes and parts from? Honda. Well, so, I'm getting that because oh. I said uh, I go, I say to Mookie, I'm like, yeah, but you know how Barsha is. I mean, he doesn't take this stuff lying down. He's probably going to come back at you. Mm-hmm. And and Mookie says, oh yeah, I'm telling you, if we're close to the track, you better get the TV cameras on us. And then Keith comes flying from the lounge. No, 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 no. <laughs> No, you're both Honda riders. None of that. None of that. Not doing anything. It's over. Move on. Just panic. Yeah, yeah. Panic in his eyes. Right. Meanwhile, Nelson and Celia in the back, like with stars in their eyes, just yeah. gleaming, like over the idea that maybe there will be more justice <laughs> upon Barsha. <laughs> I, uh, I I asked Barsha about it after the race. You'll have to. Uh, I should have. Um, I should have. Uh, uh, Put it on this podcast, actually. I don't know why I didn't do that. Um, I asked Barsha about it, um, and I told him that you would got to the bottom of it, and Barsha's response was pretty good. It was pretty good. I encourage people to listen to the Pulpamex Pro Circuit Pulpcasts. Um, he, he, yeah, Barsha had something to say. No doubt about it. Uh, you, you, really, this is what you're going to do? What? You're just not going to say what he, at all, allude to what he said? Okay, well, you got to listen to it. JT and you talk. I'll find it here, and we can we can listen to it here. Uh, you know, what's funny is, uh, I think, um, 
the whole Mookie Barsha thing, it's. I think both of them have have had their their fair share of kind of man, that was pretty dirty moments. Um, the Mookie takeout on Bogle comes to mind. Um, oh yeah, a year or two ago. Uh, so yes, I, I agree. You know, there probably is a huge feeling of everyone's kind of over Barsha doing stuff, but has he really been doing it very much this year? I really don't think he has. I don't feel like he even did it last year. I think that's yeah, really I, in the past. I, I think there's been a huge change of tact, uh, by yep. Barsha. So yep. for everyone to kind of be just piling on, uh, there are certain riders where I feel that is, is very true, but I don't, I just don't feel like Barsha has really earned that for the last year or two. If you, if you want to talk about years past and, you know, he's raced amateurs with all those kids, then maybe so. But I really feel like there's been a concerted effort by Barsha to kind of turn that ship around. Yeah, I do think that it's, um, you know, they're thinking collectively of like their lifetime of racing him. Right. And if you really put a quiz and said, when was the last time he did something to you? They'd be like, you know, I don't even remember. But uh, for sure that I guess it's one of those things like he could have a clean record for two years and then he tries to take Mookie out, which no one saw. So I don't even know how bad it even was. Yeah. But he tries to do it once and it's like the flames are instantly lit again. Like, yeah. oh, there he goes. And that's kind of, uh, you make your bed, you kind of lie in it type deal. You know, you're not going to get the benefit of the doubt because of the years of problems you've caused. Same, same as it, stuff with Michael Lessie. Uh, yep. If they pull any kind of stunt, it's instantly back to where they were. No matter how many years of, of, you know, doing the right thing they've tried to put together one that's thing. Right. And it's like, Oh yeah, here we go again. You know, they're right back. That's to right. It. So, all right, I got it here. Here's uh here's Barsha's response after the race. You cross jumped him the corner the jump after the mechanics area and then you over that next hill you moved over on him and that is why he did that. So That's, that sounds believable but no. <laughs> He's an idiot all around. I don't have zero respect for the guy and you know I I could have cleaned him out about 6 times today yeah. and I was the bigger man and didn't do anything but when the time comes there'll be a time but you know, I like that. Yeah, you could have got it. Okay. Oh, I could have yeah. got him good quite a few times today. I I had to, like, control the steam, dude. I was like, I get this guy good, but it'll just start more problems. And yeah. I'm looking at the bigger picture and, you know. Stanton, mature Barsha. Yeah, right? Uh, hey, I still got the Bam Bam out, dude. Still got uh, going to Motocross the Nations, are you going to take Okay, so he's an idiot. That was one thing. And get your get your popcorn ready, I guess, because he'll remember it. So. He's an idiot. I think he. I think he's a little worried that people think he's gone soft, though, a little bit. I still got the bam bam. Don't think I don't have it. I'll bring it out. Yeah, you want me to show you right now? I'll get my four fifty and run you over right, right here at the right, pit. Right, you know, right, like right. he. I, I think because he's done that for so long, he is a little worried about that reputation going away. Yeah. Like when he comes out for Supercross next year, they're going to show him like hop, you know, playing hopscotch in the park instead yeah. of him running into people. Right. 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 Yeah. 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 So he said, you know, you heard him. Should be interesting. So is Mookie going to ride 450 Supercross? Please tell me he is. I don't think so. He's going to go back to that team for I 250? Think, I think he's on 250. He's about it. He not looking good. That's ridiculous. That's a stupid move. But, hey, I guess that's all he's got for a ride. He's got to do it. And I was asked this yesterday by one of my VIP guys. And for for Troy Lee, I, Honda's focus for that team is the, is the 250 class. Yeah. So – it's and I agreed with the VIP. He's like, oh, it should be on a four hundred and nine. I agree, but their team's focus is not the four hundred and fifty class and Supercross. It's not. So Honda supports them and helps them and does all these things for them to succeed in the two hundred and fifty class. And with 
Roxon moving up and with uh, Tomac moving up, it opens podium spots in the whites class, and that's what they're mm -hmm. looking at. It's that time again. Thanks for listening to the Racer X podcast show brought to you by BTOsports.com, presented by Thor MX. I appreciate it. Don't forget to click on the Amazon banner on pulpamex.com to help out pulpamex.com. We appreciate it. Listen to these commercials. Buy from these sponsors. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side. The Podcast Show is brought to you by BTOsports.com. Whether you are looking for new gear, helmets, boots, or you need to rebuild your bike from the ground up, BTO is your source for all of your motocross needs. As a proud sponsor of the BTO Sports KTM race team and the heart of the BTO Sports amateur motocross team, it is obvious that we are about more than being just a store. We support the sport that supports us. us. We at BTO Sports want to give back to you, the listener, for supporting us and the Racer X Podcast Show. Use coupon code Pulp MX when placing your order at btosports.com for a VIP listener discount. Certain brand restrictions will apply. For 2013, JT Racing enters its next generation with the all-new Evolve Lite, ProTech, Enduro, and Limited Edition collections, taking quality and innovation to a whole new level. Also available in youth sizes, each collection is built with high-grade materials offering its own unique characteristics to meet the demands of today's riders, both recreationally and competitively. To find a dealer or view the entire collection online, log on to JTRacingUSA.com. Championship proven. Many motocross apparel brands make that claim, but only Thor can back it up. As America's first motocross apparel brand, Thor has set the standard for delivering the highest quality performance racewear on the market for the past 45 years. With champions like Ryan Villapoto, Blake Baggett, and Dean Wilson to name a few, our products truly are championship proven. To see all the new 2013 products, visit ThorMX.com or head to your local Thor Parts Unlimited dealer. Thor, the official racewear of Supercross. All right, anything else on 450s? Should we move on, 250s? Yeah? All good. Hey, uh, so 250s. Tomac goes 2-2. Two, two. No, he doesn't. He goes 2-1. Uh, Baggett got penalized for uh, jumping on a red cross. I was surprised. You know, I was talking to Mitch Payton after the race, and Mitch was like, he won by like 11 seconds. And I understand he should be penalized, but one whole spot. And I agree, it was pretty harsh for our sport i'm okay with it as long as you keep doing it don't do the seconds and all that kind of stuff if you're if the the rule is one spot then no problem do it uh, i did think i don't think baggett did it on purpose because he almost landed on that bike and he could have died so you know it wasn't a good thing for him to do that so he obviously didn't see it and that's on him uh he didn't see it and go still go for it because he uh, you know that was a bad move so, well i think the where the flag was was really poorly placed. Again, once yes. again, yes. I, I feel bad for Baggett. I feel bad for him in general for because he because he did put it together and won the moto. Yeah, and then did they took it away from him? And especially bad because he would have had to be you know when you, and I'm looking from the other side of the where the TV shows it is from the the 
side that he's coming towards. But I still could barely see it in the same TV screen. Yeah. I could barely see Blake and the flagger. Yeah. And as a racer, you have we have really, really bad tunnel vision uh, about what we're doing. That's why they've come up with these the lights for Supercross on the triples and all these things to try to grab attention. Anything to break that that basically locked in kind of vision that we have to grab attention. So if you have a flagger that's ten to fifteen feet to your left the last thing you're worried about on a track that was that difficult and treacherous as yesterday is some flagger, what he's doing that you can barely see. So it's just a tough situation. And I, I applaud MX sports for going the, the, the route of safety. And we're really going to make sure that these guys are protected and we're not going to play games with it. But at the same time, it's really tough to feel bad, not to feel bad for Blake. What do you think, Weege? Yeah, I totally agree with what he's saying. Like we do make fun of AMA or whoever's winning the various races a lot for, Oh, whatever. They never do anything. So, the fact that something was really done and pretty harsh. I mean, taking a moto win away. How often has that ever happened? Um, so, it's crazy for us to constantly make fun of rule makers for doing nothing and then criticize them when they do something. But I do agree. I guarantee you, Baggett didn't even see that. Didn't even notice it. Not really his fault because it was in a bad spot. Um, I think the one argument you could make against what Mitch is saying is. Uh, at that point, I think Tomac was trying to make a run at him. You know, he had it down to maybe three or four seconds. Obviously, Tomac's got a lot of confidence right now. Maybe he was thinking he could reel him in, and then he lost like two seconds right there, and then I think Tomac just threw in the towel. So the reason it was an 11-second lead, I think, was partially because Baggett got away from him right there, and then Tomac just said you could have it. Um, Mm -hmm. But overall, it really does suck for Baggett. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, what about what about Tomac's move jumping onto that tabletop? That was pretty sweet. Oh yeah, yeah. JT. Uh, yeah, pretty cool. I thought. I mean, whatever. All right, thanks, bro. Yes, yeah. thanks. Thanks, for that. thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Expert analysis. Glad we got the former racer here <laughs> to tell us. Yeah, that was pretty cool. No, it was. I mean, you're talking about a jump that nobody else did. I don't think during the whole day. Someone told me Cien Cirillo tried it in practice. Okay. I don't know if he did it or whatever the deal was. Right, there, and and the, on it to be fair, and the reason I was kind of blowing it off is because the only video I've seen of it was yours, your Instagram. I, I was not on that side of the track. Right. So I'm going off one attempt, and it wasn't that clean Yeah, that the one I got on Instagram was the right. worst one. Right, and, yeah. and, and yeah. so if he was doing it clean like you were saying, it's pretty cool. Yeah. No, it, and well, I'm sure it was a lot TV. faster. Yeah, and I, yeah, we yeah. haven't obviously seen it yet. But um, the the funny thing to me – about the whole day for me was kind of what happened to Tomac yesterday. I don't know what you're talking about. You said this last night on our drive, and I thought the heat got to you like Alessi. He was three. He was sec- fine. He was three. He's sp- fine. The first practice, he was three seconds faster. The second practice was, you know, they were he was close. was seven tenths, I think, or something. Yeah, yeah. But have you watched the other motos this year? Hey, the whatever. Half of the season? He, you know, it's the last race of the year. It's hot. He's got the title. He you didn't, know? He didn't look. That was not He's the same. Fine. I didn't say there's anything wrong with him. He just didn't look like the same guy I've watched the last month yeah, and a half. Yeah, he was good. He was fine. He came from the back. He's, he's hot. Why again? He's got what the title. Think? Did he look different? He just didn't look he's as fine. dominant as he's he has. He's good. He's fine. Hey. Um, <laughs> I, I think you are. Are you both actually not just agreeing with each other? No. Like, <laughs> JT is saying he wasn't riding as well. And then Mathis, you're saying it was hot. You already had the title. So aren't you agreeing <laughs> maybe, that he can ride the same? Maybe we are. <laughs> I, I think don't know. You're maybe, we, maybe we need to get so you. He in, definitely, in, he in, definitely wasn't the same. I mean, 
Yeah, he was in the exact same. He came from the back. He's in the exact same position he was like in what did he win eight motors in a row? I think seven of the eight he was doing from like ninth to first every time. It was the same script. But dude, Cooper Webb hung with him for a lot of the first moto. He couldn't get around Martin. He made a couple mistakes, but he didn't just blow past those dudes. Yeah, like he I had mean, in the okay. previous eight motos. He wasn't super. And he never made a dent yeah. in Rockton's lead, and really wasn't catching back either. I mean, it was different, but yeah. you're probably right. What? What? Track's not that great. He was hot. He has a title. Screw it. So you guys are saying that he doesn't care. He wasn't into it. Didn't uh, care. I mean, didn't want to be there. You're looking for something that's not there. What? I, I'm trying to find the reason why we yeah. didn't see the same thing. Like, yeah, that's no what I'm reason. asking There's you. no reason. It doesn't matter. It's fine. It was hot. <laughs> it was rough. Now I've lost myself. Like, I don't know where I am anymore. <laughs> um I mean, you know, he wasn't as dominant, but whatever. I'm just asking yeah. you for a reason. It's hot. It was rough. He had the title. That's usually when he kills everyone. Yeah, it's hot. It's rough. He's got the title. Yeah. This um, is a great conversation. Roxon was great. First moto, man. That was a good ride. Good for Kenny for, you know, he's had, he's been in a bit of a slump. So I had to feel good. Yeah, he needed that. And Os- Osborne, we spoke about Webb and Martin. Third and fourth overall. Now I don't know who's better. Wow. I was ready to tell you Jeremy Martin's better, but maybe Cooper Webb's better. Uh, I'm still going to go with Jeremy Martin, but Cooper Webb had a great day yesterday. Yeah. Weird, though. Both of those guys don't strike me as Lake Elsinore superior riders, you know? Yeah. They just, they're just uh, East Coast dudes, and it's like, you know, but yeah, they were good. Yeah. There was a lot of that yesterday. Uh, you really expected the SoCal guys to kind of shine through, but... I don't think that's a typical SoCal track, the way they prep it. it's There's usually zero ruts on a SoCal track, and there was 12 million ruts on the track yesterday. Uh, and there was rock hard and the dusty side, and I get all that, but it's a it was not a typical Southern California track. It was more of a Middle Eastern Jordanian, uh, you know, uh, Baghdad <laughs> round of the Super Outdoor Series. <laughs> I didn't realize this, but Martin Davos got penalized one spot too. Why? For because jumping. you don't like him for jumping on the wheel, jumping on the wheels on the ground flag. Wow! In practice, just must like not have been happy. I watched him do that. No, not in practice. Oh. They're going to do that. They're going to do it in well, I practice. watched him do it in practice too. There's uh, the wheels on the ground the first lap. Yeah, but they're not going to do that in a moto. Uh, no, no, no. Wouldn't they? Uh. Wouldn't they take your fast time away or something? Um. Uh. I think the apocalypse is coming because I was impressed with Martin Davlos in the first moto. He was on the on the ground with Cian Cirillo, mm-hmm. uh, and he came back and it was hot and it was rough and he got tenth. Now so 11, you're saying that Davlos cares more than Tomac? Are you are you are you? I don't know. I just I mean Martin showed me something. Did something. Tomac show you something? Ah, nah, he's good, man. He's fine. Um, would you? Yeah, Cian Cirillo had a rough day. Uh, couldn't back up that podium, which was which kind of sucked for him. He did qualify fast though, Weech, so he had something going on. What what happened in the second moto? I don't remember. He, what, what no, he crashed in the first moto, right? And so then his elbow was yeah. sore, and he went to the elbow. He went to go see the asterisk guys for the elbow, and then he said, "Hey, I got a pain in my stomach. His little tummy tum was sore." And they said, "Oh wow, like maybe you know spleen or appendix or something or whatever." So they didn't they held him out, but he checked out what? fine. Yeah. So but they, he, they think he had really? appendicitis. Something. But he, he raced the whole moto. You know, he finished the moto 13th or whatever he was. Um, what did he end up getting? 14th. Um, and then I guess they just held him out. They were like, hey, you should go get checked out. So that was it. 
No, second moto start for Cincerillo. Okay, so he uh, did a whole moto yeah. from last to like 14th or something. Yeah. Then they said you can't race second moto, and turned out he was fine. Yeah. So there are really um, no actual signs that he shouldn't have raced at all. Well, he had a sore tummy tummy, so. But he was fine. Yeah, but he's the one who said, hey, my, my stomach hurts or whatever, so. Um, I'm just saying it seems strange. Thanks for the advice, Docs. Right, 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 right. Uh, Jason Anderson had a tough day. He was railing in that second moto. That double where Muscan crashed off the track and Anderson crashed out, that thing gave guys trouble all day long. All uh, day long. Yeah, it's – man, the, the track itself, and I agree, the track, it's, it was just tough. There was sections where you wouldn't think would be difficult at all, but as the track got harder and harder and all those ruts that were mud in the morning got crusty and difficult, uh, man, that's a really tough surface when you have the mulch added to, um, you know, Southern California clay and, and all that stuff is drying and changing. Uh, that's what I was basically alluding to last year is it's, it's tough, man. You really feel like your your tires are floating the whole time. You really don't have any solid traction, and uh, I don't envy those guys yesterday at all. You know what double I'm talking about, Weege? Yeah, um, that's actually where Grant bobbled in the first moment. That's how Villapoto got by him. But if you got glimpses of guys further back, like the three-digit dudes, yeah, they were all – like you'd see Villapoto do it, and it would mislead you into thinking the jump wasn't that crazy. But other guys were – it was it was not pretty. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. Uh, like guys were just pucking it. It wasn't like guys were, you know, clearing it, throwing a little scrub, maybe catch a nice backside. It was just awkward. Um. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Cunningham had a good first moto. Then he broke his foot, JT. Uh, yeah, I think uh, it sounded pretty nasty too, like multiple bones in his foot. Um, so, wow. yeah, not a good day to not excuse me, not a good way to end the season. But uh, just sucks, man. He he actually. Well, I'm I'm hoping that he, you know, I've heard that he's going to end up on that Valley team. So I'm hoping they honor that. And I'm sure with you know four or five months before even West Coast starts, he'll be fine. Um. What else? What else? Anderson, you mentioned Anderson. The, the last three races for him have been identical. Like, he gets a third or fourth. He was hauling. He looked good. And then, you know, he ate crap right at the end. Um, this one, he ate crap. Told me he got altitude sickness late in the moto at um, at uh, Utah. So, the same thing. Like, he had good rides going, and then each time something dumb happened. And Alt- altitude sickness? What? Well, it was. I was like, "How?" I, it was his home race, right? How could this be possible? That's what I'm saying. He's from Utah, according to himself. Yes, right. Um, you know, so I asked him. He explained that when he was a kid, at like 12 or something, he got some thing. I don't remember the name of it, but it was like fluid in the lungs. And then ever since then, they say when you go to altitude, you got to take this medicine. And then he thought, "Ah, it's only 4,000 feet. Why bother?" Uh, like your whole and, life, yep. you have to take medicine from then on. Uh, for, for if you're yeah, at altitude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your whole life. You could be 40 years yeah. old and you're up high. And you uh, that, that's what he's saying. No, I don't know if it's only like if you're going to exert yourself. JT, like, have like you, your motorcycle, have you about this? Maybe. No, I have not. We need uh, to get – this sounds sketchy. You you don't have much trust for Anderson's uh, uh, geography, geography, science, medical and diagnosis. And I, I've even heard from – He I ran into from, his own teammate on a parade lap. Well, I heard from his trainer. On a parade lap start. And I was just kind of like – Huh. You know, like, I, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going <laughs> to pretend to be one, but altitude sickness? That's you what you're going with? You can't trust the guy who 
on a practice start for a main event. Yeah, we didn't like the start wasn't at the base camp of Everest. You know, like that's what I mean. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I just I don't feel qualified enough, or I don't know enough, and I don't want to just completely call him. No, well, of course not. I, I just no, don't no, know. It's I, just, yeah, it's just uh, no, it's very. I, I'm kidding too. I'm, I'm sure it's fine, but it just seems weird. Yeah, like yeah. it's like Trey Kennard at Millville. Very fishy. Very fishy. Yes. Um. <laughs> There's so many trainers and quote unquote doctors around our sport. It's ridiculous. Yes. You know, Hash, hashtag the, doctor with quotation marks. Yeah. Next year. Yeah. Face. I'm actually a chiropractor, but yes. just but just call me a call doctor. Me doc. Call me a doctor. I didn't go through the seven years of medical school. I just went to a six month chiropractory yep. online course. But I'm a doctor. <laughs> and sometimes it's not even that. I just do homeopathic stuff right, that I, right. I concoct things in my kitchen. Isn't it true, though? Please call me Doc. Isn't it true, though, JT? I mean, come on. There's some of these guys where <laughs> oh, you're, yeah. you're like... Yes. Could you call me Doc? I would like instant credibility. <laughs> oh, my God. It's ridiculous. Um, and it's like... <laughs> Do you yeah. think that Bugs Bunny's friend, Doc, is a real doctor? part of this? I don't know. I don't know. I just... I don't get our sport. Like, the friggin' basics haven't changed since we were cavemen eat right exercise unless you can build a car that'll travel back in time i'm not calling you doc no no and all these guys think they have the answers and they have the magic fingers and oh, the yes. magic touch yep there's a lot of debate about whether a chiropractor is is actually uh, uh great <laughs> rocky makes another appearance on the uh on the uh, on the podcast um Okay, all right. Enough for I I could go on for an hour about trainers and doctors. Like in our I sport. I agree a bit about the, the idea that I know you always put that in there, Mathis, that and the same as it always was, just go run or just lift weights. Like nothing's changed. Um I do believe that different things get figured out and learned. Like I think there's a lot more work with stability and core strength and all that stuff and I than think, there was. And I think we've learned to rest more. I mean, the days of doing the gnarly stuff, you know. Right. Like yeah. I, to, to say that nothing has changed at all, but there's no doubt. It's like at the very heart of it, some of the theories have changed, but on the outside, there's just wackiness going on that's not doing anything. That's what I mean. I mean, we yeah. all three of us know people in the industry where you're like, wow, you know, just that guy is, is you know, whatever. The whack. I think one of the, uh, one of the overarching things of this is just the whole sport in general. As there's an extreme lack of education in all angles, and I love how we had this conversation with uh, Coy Gibbs just we, uh, we last did. week. We did. About, yeah, Coy makes fun of how none of the journalists in the sport went to college for journalism. But here's the thing: none of the anybody in the sport went to college for what they're doing in any way, shape, or form. No one went to any college for anything. Never has a no. group of uneducated people been more assembled than in a motocross race with millions of dollars yes. at stake. Right. 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 Um, <laughs> the Suzuki guys called me out of that. The beginning of the year was Phoenix Supercross, and they're and uh, they're like everybody bags on James. All these so-called journalists. He's like not a single one of the journalists in this sport even went to college for journalism. And I say, did anyone on this team get a degree in engineering and work on that motorcycle? <laughs> and Lee McCollum says I went to MMI, and I'm like, okay, oh yeah, here okay. we go, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no one here is an engineer, and you're all working on the motorcycle. But it's only the journalists that should have went to college. No one went to uh, managing school. You know, no one went. No, no one went to. Um, yeah, Tyler Tyler Keith has a uh, what MBA. In- <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Yeah. Agents. Let's get going on agents. Yes. Yeah. yeah age, well, yeah. Steve Aldaco is a real lawyer, and uh, uh, I, I applaud him for that. Ryan Seagrass flew on a G5. Yeah. Ryan Seagrass <laughs> uh, goes for the low-hanging fruit of Red Bull and Chipotle. Also, um, uh, as well, Coy Gibbs loved Brandon Lutz from Transworld. Brandon Lutz. Brandon Lutz. Because he went to mm-hmm. journalism school, except Lutz told us after sort of Coy after Coy told him that he was his favorite magazine slash journalist in the sport, Lutz let it drop. I dropped out. <laughs> <laughs> I went to college for two years too. I took college English and all these things, but right, whatever. Yeah, I mean, if you if you really like, if we had like a some super um, like think tank people, Mensa people, come and study our sport, it'd be scary. <laughs> Right? Oh man! I mean, I don't have a. Journey. I'm going to assume yeah. in MotoGP in those garages, there are real engineers that have like very high level degrees and a lot of schooling in, you know, mechanics and fluid dynamics and all these things. Here, it's just like I've been around motorcycles a long time. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Could you imagine if one of these uh, people that hate motocross, like these uh, New York Times or uh, pick a, ma- a newspaper that does like a you know hate story on motocross? If they did a really in-depth expose on the sport, they examined like Austin Stroop's tweets. They went into the educational <laughs> levels of um, these kids. Contracts, bro- that would... contracts broken. Yes. Contracts signed. Well, con- yeah, just contracts yeah. that are signed in general. Which parties? One didn't piece live of up. paper. <laughs> yeah. We'll pay you one million dollars. You ride your dirt bike. Yeah. Period. You know what I mean? That's yeah. it. Here yeah. you go. Sign. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's just ridiculous, and oh, it would make me very happy. I would laugh very hard. I. And maybe this is because I'm fat and jealous. I don't. I don't think so. But maybe some people could think that. I'd love the, an in-depth expose of trainers and like what logics they're using and what thoughts they're behind or some of their processes. And then in between, maybe they could go home, go to their doctor's places and look for the memorabilia that's signed and photos of them with thumbs up with the riders. You know, like <laughs> I think that I think that some as long as at the end of the season, the trainer can basically say, okay, we went in, this didn't work, but I've, we've got it figured out. <laughs> We're going to do this in the offseason. You're going to come out swinging. You're going to go from an 11th place guy. Yeah. You will be on the podium next year. That buys them a whole nother year. Yeah. Really does. You, right, right. you just have to have this breakthrough that we've, we've finally found it, guys. This is it. And can we get a flow chart of trainers and riders that have come and worked together oh, and reunited and gotten back together? Door. Right. That's why I do admire Ryan Dungey. I don't know if he's got a trainer. I have no idea. He learned from Ricky, I would imagine. Alden. Alden, who learned from Alden. Well, he was with Stuart. That's where he learned the most from. Who? Dungey. Dungey, yeah. Okay. From what I've been told. He has no one at the races that I know of. Of course, I'm not in his inner circle. I don't know if you guys are aware of this. Yes, I've, I've heard rumors of that. I'm not in his inner circle, but clearly the guy's working his balls off, comes to the races, you know, does whatever he does during the week, and it there's no doesn't seem like there's a lot of hand holding going on. He just does what he needs to do. So, in some way, that's to be admired. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, and also too another plug for pulpamex.com. If you go and listen to the post race interviews, Mitch Payton's is as always pretty good, pretty good. He goes on a rant about Glenn Helen and how everybody needs to figure it out. I said, well, you need you can broker this, and he said, I tried. Then he goes on a rant about, I said, hey, your team seems pretty full. And he goes, it is, but I don't, if we'll take four or five outdoors and, I, and, and the rest of the, and I said, well, that's not 
you know, everybody that you have signed. He goes, yeah, if you're just not pulling your, your weight, then you're not going outdoors. <laughs> so, Ow. yeah, basically, like, we're not taking everybody outdoors that we have under contract. We'll figure it out. They'll, they'll, they'll be put in a barrel and gone, gone missing. Yes. <laughs> Over Niagara Falls they go. Right, right, right. Pretty good listen. Mitch Payton, not happy. So, Do you think we could work Donkey Kong, have Donkey Kong throw this barrel? Or donk. Just donk. Donk, yeah. yeah. Donkey hungry. Donkey hungry. Donkey angry. Um, I, uh, I was talking to – did you guys see when Baggett took the lead from Cooper Webb in the second moto? I don't know why he did. Maybe he just really wanted to get to the left side of the track. But he went – Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was really dirty. Oh, uh, I, I kind of saw this. I, I saw I why. Be, I believe he did it because Webb came over yes, on him. Uh, it, maybe Webb two turns before. Up. Yeah, yeah. Bagging yeah. okay. up to the inside of Cooper, um, really clean, and then Cooper kind of squared him up and then squeezed him across that little tabletop. Yep. And I don't think I, I think Baggett was kind of like, listen, dude, I'm going by here. You know, like I'm I'm a lot faster than you. You're a rookie. Like get out of the way. And then Cooper kind of squeezed him and I'm like, all right, you want to play that way. I'm going to show you why I'm the national champion. Have some of my real. Hey, that was a high speed swerve. (laughs) Yeah, I've done it to people. Like when you're trying to be cool about making a pass and you give a guy room, and then he immediately retaliates and kind of push. It's it's on at that point. Like and and I've done the same thing. Baggett's done to people, and I'm not I'm not really condoning it, but I've been in that spot where just like, all right, you know what? Let's get it on. You know who would elect that move, Weege? Uh, Fro. Oh, moving over on people? Yeah, yeah. That that's that's Fro's textbook. Before Fro got really fast in his Yamaha days. That's kind of extreme stuff. blocking. He was, he was a good blocker. That's what he the, was an excellent blocker. Um ask Mike LaRocco, ask a ask a few guys. <laughs> oh yeah. The thing I love about Fro though is like he's dropped like he has he, you can you could have said that joke to him and he would laugh. Right. Like, he knows right, it. Right, right, right. Uh, all the time he talks about it, he's like, Yep, whole shots and drag your feet and kick up dust. <laughs> or that double that McGrath case at Millville when he like right. hurt his foot. Yeah. <laughs> and he, we were there this year. He goes that jump over there. I call it the cha-ching jump because <laughs> McGrath handed the title to me when he got hurt on it. <laughs> <laughs> cha-ching jump. <laughs> I got my I got my title bonus because of that jump. It really did. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, oh, anyway, I'm getting back to this Baggett thing. I, I, Kind of like Mookie and Barksha. I assume that it was super dirty from Baggett. Riders never do that completely unprovoked. I figured something was up. Uh, so I see um, uh, this is a good source. Gary Bailey's chick. Oh, um, yeah. No, fantastic. Yeah. I'm already engaged. Please tell me yeah. more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, know, I know you're a big fan. Anyway, she's practically like the PR person for Cooper. Like, if you're walking to the pits, me, not you, Memphis, because I know she's not talking to you. She'll always run up to me and be like, hey, Cooper had a great week. They worked on this. They worked on that. Blah, blah, blah. So she's always giving me updates. So I saw her, and I'm like, hey, what was the deal with that pass from Baggett? And she said, oh, I don't even know. We don't even want to complain about it because they were pitted across from us, and between motos, the doors were shut, and we think Mitch was just in there reading the ride act. So in that second moto, whatever those guys needed to do is what they needed to do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mitch is, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even again, know what that meant. Like, again, they were having a bad day, so taking riders out—that's acceptable at that level. Yeah, again with the delusional thinking in our industry. Like, right. like you're so blinded by whatever rider side you're on. This is how you talk yourself into it, right? It, it's just. But at the same time, she wasn't even upset. 
She was saying no. it was okay. Yeah, he yeah. did him dirty, but that was all right because Mitch was having a bad day. Yeah, whatever but, that means. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, no, that's not it. It's exactly what JT explained. It's two guys, Baggett saying, "All right, screw you, take this kid." You know, that's it. That's the end of the story. Yeah. There's no greater. Oh move yeah, than that's that. right. Right. That is her failing to acknowledge that Cooper started it. Right. Right. That that right. was it. And but when you're on yep. a rider's side, whether you're the trainer, the 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 man friend, or the whatever, you, you're you're absolutely blinded by the stupidity. Um, it's and it's really sad. It's really sad. Um. All right. Uh, that happens. That shit pisses me off. <laughs> hey, uh, Bichelia, um Weege, um He had a he had a decent day, a better day for him. Uh, at the last round, five six points. Uh, he went. Uh, what did he do? He went. Uh, JT, thanks for helping out. He went sixteen fifteen. Yeah, no problem. And McElrath went eighteen uh, seventeen. So they were close. That's um, four seventeen places for <laughs> McElrath. Yes. six motos. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Um, I talked to Michelia. I talked to both of them actually before the race and. Uh, Michelle has said something, and I think Webb has said the same thing. One of the weird things these rookies are having to adjust to is the really short format. You know, you practice, you basically race your motos. There's very few breaks. Yeah. They're all struggling with making sure they actually eat stuff. Oh, I'm not struggling with that at all. Oh, no, that's. (laughs) Yeah, you're good. good. (laughs) I've got. Do they need a trainer? Do they need advice? (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what they're really really struggling with is having 20 other guys out there that are really fast. (laughs) That's what they're struggling with. <laughs> I'm really struggling with this Eli Tomac guy. Yeah. All the other guys that are kicking the crap out of me every moto, I'm really struggling with that. Yeah. Oh. Dr. M. Well, Dr. M told me I just need to eat a lot, and he showed me how. Yes. Dr. M. Signed an exclusive deal that's with you. Him. That's oh, you. Oh, oh yeah, Dr. yeah. M okay, now. thank you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Doc M. I'm, I'm Doc okay. M. I like that. I'll be good. Pulp like MD. It. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Pulp MD. <laughs> That's another thing. If you're a, if you're a doctor and you need a nickname or you go by like some handle, yeah, you know, yeah, I wonder you about have that. one you want to throw out there. <laughs> no, no, I don't. <laughs> um, oh, our sport just makes me laugh sometimes. It just makes me laugh. Hey, did either one of you two idiots? Did either one of you two idiots know that Brady Kiza was on Moto Concepts until I, I told you guys? Yes, because he was on my fantasy team. Oh. I walked past his truck every time I went to the track. <laughs> I didn't know that. That was underrated, Weege. Underreported. I, I knew it because of um, the 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 legwork research uh, done ahead of time by Jeff Emig. He was over there, and he found out. He got the scoop. Wow. Okay. Well, he had a tough yeah. day. Well, Brady, it wasn't his fault. Brady Kiesel, he ran out of gas. He for rode well. Ran I, out of gas for I moment. watched him. He rode well, yeah. Brady Kiesel should have never left Rock River Yamaha. I feel like that was a poor move. Well, do you know all the circumstances? Do you know what he was offered there versus other places or any of that? Well, what, Results what wise, he was offered on 1110, you mean, when he went I'm back to 1110? the total package, what he was dealing with. There's, there's always extenuating circumstances. Of course, yes. So, but results-based, results re- I agree. Results. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, were they diddling him at Rock River? I don't River, know. Right? Were they, I don't know. Like, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Well, yeah, but what could be so terrible at Rock River? You were getting results on a bike. You know, you had a bike and a ride and a team. But it's it's easy for you to say that. I'm saying... Someone from the outside could say, you made a mistake by leaving RacerX, going to Transworld, they come back to RacerX, doing this. They don't know anything, yeah, but they're but just I looking can't, at I, – No, that's not the same because it's a results-based business, and Brady Kiesel was getting results at Rock River Yamaha. So that's all. Unless they were diddling him 
or stealing things or, you know. That's, but you don't know any of that. You don't know no. if he was getting expenses paid for. You don't know if any of the BS that goes so on So he went teams. to 1110 for expense know. money. That's what I'm saying. For I money. I don't know. You think he went to 1110 for money? I don't know. Okay. Maybe. All right. Why did he leave Rock River? I Weege, why? No, <laughs> he's eleven ten for money. It's still making me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> making me laugh that hard. Eleven ten just stepped up. But give then give me a reason. Well, okay. Anyways, I, I don't know. You're being you're being dumb. No, I'm asking um, why did he leave Rock River? I, that, I'm asking I, a legitimate ask question. Ask why again? He's asking somebody with a journalist. Ask somebody with a journalism degree. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Someone uh, call Luke. My degree in uh, public relations, which I can tell you, that's really what journalism in this sport is. So I have the perfect degree. Yeah, right. Really, we're not right? journalists. We're right. just PR people. Weston right. Pike is enrolling yeah. in <laughs> public, <laughs> public relations major. Uh, Kizo ran out of gas in the first moto, and second moto, JT, his bike, uh, bike broke? Or? I'm thinking something else happened uh, along those lines right. uh, because he was, again – and 16th, I believe. Right. And then, yeah, just for I, whatever reason. I don't want to pile on to 11-10 here, but it was kind of funny. Uh, Weeds, JT's in a fantasy moto league. One, mm-hmm. of, one of the prizes is $500 worth of motor work from 11-10. <laughs> Look, and I feel bad for piling on, but chance ability that you would ever get that motor work done. Oh. <laughs> uh. Hey, did both? It's never good to just have pure laughter at someone else's expense. <laughs> no, it's not. It's, it's not. But we good. look. Neither. Not, none of us three could control. We take a breath and then keep laughing after that again. Right. right. <laughs> right. You, there is no great insult in life. It's just saying someone's name. <laughs> uncontrolled laughter. Not even explanations or anything. Just uncontrolled yeah. laughter. Well, then you laugh and then you think about it and then you start laughing again. Right. Yeah, I did do it again, just thinking about it exactly. Everyone who's listening is like, what? $500 worth of motor $11.10. For a prize. Right, and we're just laughing. We can't even explain why we're laughing. We're just laughing. Um, uh, hey, Michael Byrne and Nick Way had battles. I thought that was – I tweeted that it was 2001 all over again. Yeah, both remember, photos. Uh, 2006, Pontiac, they were going to fight each other. Oh, yeah? yeah? No, I don't remember that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Burner cleaned Nick out. Last lap. I didn't think that was going to happen again, but um, it's kind of the two elder statesmen of the sport out there. You might know. be the last time we see Michael Byrne on a track. I mean, he, he, I, I don't know. I, I love Michael Byrne. He's a great guy to deal with. Yeah. Um, great rider. It's Well, I uh, asked him yeah. after the race, and yeah. he didn't have an answer for me. Right. So I think if it's his choice, then it's definitely not his no, last race. No, but I don't know who's going to hire him. Exactly, yeah. 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 That's, that's yeah. the thing he's looking at, too, is – I want to race, but uh, where? Right. You know, Nick Way's coming back. Supercross only next year, though. So okay, yeah. He ha- he's uh he hates outdoors apparently. Uh, Michael Lieb, his his audition didn't go so well. You know what happened, JT? Uh, no, but I've heard that there are changes in the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to really kind of reevaluate, and uh, you know, you never really know, you know, what you got till it's gone. And enter any cliche you can think of in here, and dust in the wind. Social media will right. be. You know, yeah. Using he'll, it'll be on his social media this week. Um, he uh, hurt himself in uh, Utah, and I believe he was having a spillover effect. The injury was still. Uh, it sucks because the guy's never raced a national. Gets a, sh- a two race shot, and crap goes sideways. Try to get him a yeah. uh, appointment with him with Doc Doc M. Check out that wrist. Well, I'm going to tell him just to eat more. Okay. Oh yeah. 
Um, hey, uh, also, too, Adam Entenap. We tried to get Adam on a privateer profile. Adam and his brother, what's his brother's name? Tyler? Tyler. Tyler. Good guys. Uh, NorCal dudes. Adam called me and said, dude, can you help me out? I need some – I want to get on a, some press. My brother and I, they went 20 and 21 at Utah? Yes. Did yeah. That's yeah. what they went. Can we, we want to get some press. Can we come on your show or can we do something in Racer X or whatever? And the guy's cool. He's a good dude. And I go, yeah, yeah, we can do something. So I passed the phone number on to Wygant, who passed it on to Chase Stallo at Racer X. We were going to do a privateer profile with them on the website last week. White Reach? That was scheduled? Yep. White Reach? Absolutely. White Reach? Um, Reach. And, and then, so, uh, Adam never got back to Chase? Was that? Or did Chase call and yeah. leave a message? Or I don't, I, don't, I don't know how it was, a text or whatever. But Chase texted, and I think, I think left a voicemail or something like that. He used the number. Ever use a number? Yeah, so try to get in touch with using the phone number. So it ended up being who, who, who we skipped over Adam and we went to who was it last week? I forget. Michael uh, Freeberg. Freeberg, yeah. yeah. Who, who, by Freeberg. the way, Freeberg's rode good. Freeberg has put in some good yeah. rides. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When you look at the results, besides Pike, who is a privateer and all that, Freeberg's the first dude with the least amount of help in the 450s, or the most unknown guy, highest up. So, yeah. anyway, so we never got a hold of Adam. So then I saw him at the race, and I said, dude, dude, why, why didn't you get back to Chase? And he's like, what do you mean? I go, we were going to do privateer profile on you. You never got back to Chase Stallo at Racer X. And he just goes, no! <laughs> and I go, I go, did you not get it? Dude, I didn't get anything. I didn't get a message. No! And I'm like... You got to calm down. He get, comes over. He hugs me. He hugs me and goes, what? And he goes, no. <laughs> Dude, I'm like, going, what is it's an online interview, bro. We can figure it out. It's no one died. Everyone's okay. He's like, dude, I'm so sorry. I never got a message. No. <laughs> we got to get Adam into nap on the website. Weech. Okay, we'll, we'll we'll try to get although I don't oh, what more can we do? We had his number. We yeah. carried it up the messaging. I don't know what the problem is. There's no the chance. There's no chance he faked his reaction. Do you know what I mean? Like something no, no. something went sideways cuz this was his moment. He didn't get the message and he was crushed. So we got to make this happen. He didn't make this reaction up. He wasn't like, "Oh, hey, I blew off Chase, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna act like this way." Um, no, no, no yeah, chance. Yeah. yeah, no chance. So, all right. I don't know. know. We'll, we'll uh, let's try to get his number again. Maybe possible Chase hit the wrong digit or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That's um, all right, we'll we'll work on it. He didn't even make the motos, but it doesn't matter. We have to get him on. Well, I do think that <clears throat> there is probably no position that's worse in the sport than 21st, right? And I know 22nd is worse, but the whole idea. of you were, you did almost as good as, you basically did no better than 40th, even though you got 21st. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then it came down to two brothers battling for that position. Yeah. Last week is a pretty awesome story, I think. He's crushed, dude. He hugged me. <laughs> he hugged me. Um, all right. Anything else? BTOsports.com, uh, Racer X podcast wrap up from Lake Elsinore, uh, presented by Thor MX. Anything else, JT? 
What's the uh, what does the future hold for this race? Yeah, Elsinore? I think more races. <laughs> like Elsinore? Yeah, they are getting more. I don't know. JT, uh, Weege, you know anything? I think the whole place might be going away. That's what I thought. I thought it, after this race, it was done. Like that place is. Oh really? Yeah, going to be a different property. Yeah. I thought all those rumors were just rumors and, and no, all that. No, I mean there wasn't going to be a national unless Davy stepped up and did it. Okay, so we'll be looking for our third Southern California venue in five years. Yeah, I don't know if it'll be Southern California, yeah. but I have a feeling it'll be somewhere else. Or, no, it has to be Southern California. I'm just yeah. saying, not Elsinore. Yeah, it's yeah, going to yeah, be somewhere yeah. else. I think the teams and riders and everybody uh, wants the Southern California national. Yeah, no, I'm just saying right, I don't right, have right, any. Right, you know, right, I don't have any say in that. Right. But. That's what I was kind of speculating is where do you think it's going to go? Well, could it happen? Could it go back? Dude, it, it's pretty bad when it's like all signs are pointing to it. And then it's like that really underlines like, like Mitch is saying, they just need to get over it or something. Is that what basically? Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. They right. Need, uh, like, I mean, if it, yeah. If that's all it's coming down to, that's kind of bad. Look, they need each other. Uh, Glenn Helen, I'm sure, is doing fine financially, but they tried to hold a USGP. We saw how that went. <laughs> Yeah. You know, they, they, they they couldn't pay their bills from, from that race. Um, but MX Sports has lost Paula. Now they may lose at Lake Alcinore, so they got to figure it out. Like It's like both of these people need each other. So True. And much like the Rock River Brady Field situation, none of us really know exactly what went down there. Right. So, I mean, for all we know, there was diddling or something, and yeah. like you're, you're basically saying, go back with your uncle. Yeah, go Just on. Go, for the day. Why ta- are you afraid? He's taking you to Disneyland. Go on. Yeah. 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 So I don't know how, how bad it is for them to get over it. It's mm-hmm. easy to say they just need to get over it. I don't know. It. Yeah. All I do know, really, is uh, like I, I, as I explain every week on these shows, I'm never a part of these meetings. I don't even work in the Morgantown office, so I don't even catch it by like accident. I do know that I saw Josh Grant's dad this weekend, and he's like, man, I think we're just going to have to go back to Bud and just go to Glen Helen. I'm like, I know, man. It doesn't seem like all signs are pointing to that. And he's like, but, man. I was there the day it finally came to an end. It was bad. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, obviously, it must have been bad. Uh, anything that ends is bad, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, it was almost Enticknapian oh, reaction to how wow. bad it was. Yeah, that that was tough. I, it I felt, was bad. I felt sorry for the guy. He just started screaming no. <laughs> and then he hugged me like, what are you, you know? <laughs> Dude, it's okay. It's It's not that bad. No, <laughs> you know? Trust me, if you spent the time around Jason Wygant when he's throwing a dart on the board trying to figure out what to put up online, it's okay. We'll get to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cues every Monday for the next three months. Right. What the hell are we going to write about? Uh, what are we going to do with this podcast? Are we going to keep it going in the off season? I mean, I'm going to keep fun. I'm going to keep doing them, but I mean as far as us three. Oh, I'm in. So, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I'm in. Yeah. yeah. We should get Ping on and quiz him about the Nationals. <laughs> we'll have a recap. We can just make up facts. Right. Say, hey, did, did this or did yeah. this not hey, happen? Hey, Ping, can you believe Andrew Short ripped off eight wins in a row? Like, And then Ping will be like, no, that was great. <laughs> uh, uh, um, okay. All right. Well, this has been the RacerX, uh, BTOsports.com, RacerX podcast, Lake Elsinore wrap-up. Uh, presented by our friends at Thor MX. Thor MX, the official gear of Martin Davalos, hard-charging uh, number 40 rider on the Pro Circuit team. Uh, JT, thank you. Yeah, no Appreciate problem. it. Yeah. And Weege, thanks. Have fun at the banquet. Don't make anybody mad. And, um, yeah, keep in touch. Yep. And I uh, just got, want to leave you guys with this. JT, good luck with that 500 motor works. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's looking good. I don't currently have a motorcycle, but if I did, they would have it running in t- tip-top shape. <laughs> right. Yeah. We're, we're all we're all bastards. We're all mean and jerks. And <laughs> Shut ass- it, Pulp and, M. And assholes. Doc M. Doc M. Pulp MD. All right. Remember, everybody, uh, take your vitamins and eat. There you go. Instead of Doogie Hauser, you're Doggy Hauser. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Look at Weech. Can't even talk. All right. See you, Weech. See ya. This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show brought to you by Racer X. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX on the iTunes Store to enjoy these and many more great podcasts. No,